Thanks, Daniel. My name is Ron Cole. I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside, and it's a joy to welcome all of you here this morning. Had the opportunity to meet some of you before the service, but it's, it's great for us to gather together here. Today is, as, as Daniel mentioned in his prayer, today is Pentecost Sunday. It's a day when we celebrate and remember and affirm the sending of the Holy Spirit into this world, that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be with us, to guide us, to fulfill us, and, 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 and to just accompany us and strengthen us. And so I think it can be helpful for us to kind of just remember the, the timeline of how things went here because <clears throat> we go back to, to Good Friday and that's the day that we recognize that Jesus died, right? He was crucified and he died on, on a Good Friday, on Easter Sunday, the third day. Three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. And for 40 days, Jesus was with his disciples. He was with other followers. Jesus was on the earth and in and, and his resurrected body form for 40 days. And then a week ago last Thursday, after 40 days after Easter, was what we call Ascension Day. And, and on that day, we celebrate that, that Jesus ascended into heaven. And, and he had said to his disciples before he did that, he said, this is going to be good news, guys. This is going to be great. And they were saying, no, it's not. But Jesus went into heaven. He ascended into heaven so that 10 days after Ascension Day, on the day that we call Pentecost today, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus could send the Holy Spirit. That when Jesus went up to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit. And so last week we cheated a little bit and started a series on the Holy Spirit. And one of the things we said last week was that, that we now live in the age of the Spirit, that we live in the age when the, the Spirit is on center stage, that, that at creation, the Father was, as it were, most active. The Son and the Spirit were also active, but the Father was most active. And in salvation, Jesus dying on the cross, we see Jesus, as it were, on, on center stage, rising from the dead. But now we live in the age of the Spirit. We live in the age of the Holy Spirit, and so it's essential that we understand and continue to grow in our understanding of of who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does. And so last week we started with that, and we talked about, well, you know, who is the Holy Spirit? And we said the Holy Spirit is God, and and, and we said five things about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit um, is is a person and a power. That's the third one. Why can't I remember the second one right now? (laughs) The Holy Spirit is God. He said the Holy Spirit is now on center stage. That's what it was. It's the one that's written up there, right? So the Holy Spirit is on center stage. Third, the Holy Spirit is a person and power. He said fourth, that the Holy Spirit is a servant, that the Holy Spirit wants to point us to Jesus. I was thinking a, a lot of the songs this morning focused on Jesus, and I thought the Holy Spirit is probably really happy with that. Because as we said last week, what the Holy Spirit wants more than anything else is for us to fall in love with Jesus all over again. And so, so the, the Holy Spirit is a servant. And then the last thing we said last week about who the Holy Spirit is, is we said the Holy Spirit is not under our control. All right, the Holy Spirit is not under our control, but we are under the control of the Spirit. And, and this week I want to talk about, well, what does the Holy Spirit do? What does the Holy Spirit do? And I want to talk about four things as we search the scriptures. Probably more you can come up with, but I I put them in four major categories of of what the Holy Spirit does in the lives of believers and so on. Now, in order to kind of, it's hard to remember four things. I couldn't remember five, and I preached them last week. Uh, You know, I mean, it's hard to remember four things. So I'm going to try to give you an image to hold them together. And, And I just want to acknowledge this image did not come from me. It didn't come from any of the theological books I've read or any of the commentaries. It came from one of you a number of years ago and talking about the Holy Spirit and you said you know this is what I think of when you what you're telling me this is what this is what I think of so here's I want to give you this image and and it's probably my favorite image of 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 what the Holy Spirit does and how the Holy Spirit works in our lives and and in order to get at it I want to just start by imagining that that you were going to take I was going to take a two-week backpacking trip in 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 Yosemite 
you know, we're going to carry everything in. We're going to carry everything out. We're going to have our sleeping bag, our tent, all of our food. We're going we're to do that, and, and we're going to go through Yosemite, and, and we're going to do this basically on our own, and, and, and we anticipate looking at the beauty. I've never been to Yosemite, but it's one of those places that's on my bucket list that I'd love to get there. I mean, just gorgeous pictures of, of waterfalls and so on, and, and we, we know that if we're near Yosemite, we have to climb Half Dome, Okay. All right, that's Half Dome, that rock formation there, and, and El Capitan as well, uh, the chief. And, and, and so imagine that, that we were going to go do that two-week backpacking trip in, in Yosemite and, and, and ask yourself, what would you need? And, and I'll tell you the first thing that I would need if I were going to take that trip is a mental examination um, because it would be nuts because I, I couldn't make it, right? I mean, not, I, I just don't know enough about backpacking. I don't know enough. I couldn't survive it. And so that's, for some of us, we need a mental examination. But, but what I really want you to think about, what, what I would need in, is a guide. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't make it on my own. I'd need somebody else who could go along with me to, to strengthen me, to help me, to, to help me know where to go, to help me know where not to go, to do all of those things. And, and, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Because what the Holy Spirit is, is like a guide, <clears throat> excuse me, as we make our way through this world. As we journey, trying to just make it from A to B, trying to make it from the beginning to the end, and trying to honor God and, and follow Jesus Christ and all of that, what, what the Holy Spirit is, is the Holy Spirit is like a guide who's there. And, and all of the things that we see the Holy Spirit doing kind of fit under that image. Now, if you say, I could do two weeks backpacking in, in, in Yosemite, then, okay, climb Mount Everest, okay? Go to the South Pole, but, but make it something you can't do and, and say, you know what, okay, I would need somebody. I would need somebody along to strengthen and help me and to encourage me and all of that. And so that's the image I want to give you. The Holy Spirit is our guide as we go through life, as we, as we go from A to B, as we go from the beginning to the end. The Holy Spirit, Jesus says, is with us. He doesn't leave us alone, but the Holy Spirit is with us in doing four things. Four things that this guide is doing as we make our way through this world. And, and, and each time I'm going to try to draw the comparison between a guide at Yosemite or some other national park or someplace out in the wilderness and, and, and what the Holy Spirit does. But the first thing that the Holy Spirit does as our guide, and, and, and it might not be the first one you think of, but it, it's absolutely essential, and I think it's really the first work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It is. It, it's that the Holy Spirit comes along and convicts us. The Holy Spirit comes along and, and, and convicts us uh, uh, that we really can't make it on our own, okay? That, that, that it's just too much, that we just can't make it on our own. And, and if you think of a guide, okay, if you think of a guide, what, what the guide does, if I were going to meet with a guide, the first thing the guide would have to do is to, is to make me understand that I need to trust that guide completely that I need to put my life in that guide's hands, and that I can't make it on my own. I would imagine, you think about it, if you're a guide, maybe you've done this in situations, and, and you've got people coming along, and these people think that they can make it on their own. These people think that they can make it on their own, that they know better than you do where they can walk, where they can't walk, where they can go, where they can't go, and they can do that all on their own. I mean, the first thing you'd want to do as a guide is to let them fail, Right? is to let them, I mean, you wouldn't want them to get hurt too bad, but you want them to, to realize, and, and, and if you could convince them that they can't, and that's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. The Holy Spirit convinces us that we are just too sinful, that we are just too weak, that, we, that we're going the wrong direction. The Holy Spirit comes, and this is so essential, all right? J Jesus talks about this in John 16, verse 8. This is the New American Standard Bible, but it says this, and he, that's the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will convict the world, 
And, and that includes non-believers, okay? It, it, but it also includes those of us who've already given our lives. But, but it really starts with unbelievers, that he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, okay? That the, the Holy Spirit is going to come, and the Holy Spirit is going to convict, and the Holy Spirit is going to challenge, and, and he's going to help us to know it. Because, well, let me give you an, an, an image of it. Uh, last July, there was a guy who was hiking, climbing a mountain in, um, in, in King County, uh, state of Washington, just outside of Seattle. And, and this guy had started off, and it's a fairly steep cliff, but he had gotten to a certain place. Um, in fact, here's a, here's a picture of this guy. He had gotten to that place, and he realized he was stuck. He couldn't go up. He couldn't go down. He couldn't go right. He couldn't go left. And he is just clinging to this mountain right there, okay? And, and what the Bible says is, that's us. The Bible says we are all dead in our sins. The Bible says that we cannot make it on our own. And what the Holy Spirit comes and does to us is he shines his light. And it can be really painful to have to realize how sinful we are, to realize how weak we are. But it is a wonderful gift. And what the Holy Spirit does is he says, look, Ron, this is you. This is you apart from Jesus Christ. You may think, see, here's here's the danger. Here's the problem. Most of us feel like we can really make it on our own. Excuse me again. Sorry about that. Um, most of us kind of say, you know, I can, I can make it. I can do this. I can, I can do this. And, and what the Holy Spirit needs to come along and say, no, you're not just walking along a trail. You're not just going through life fine. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not wise enough. You are absolutely dead and, and, and stuck right there. You're absolutely stuck in that spot. And, 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 and so on the one hand, again, when we say, oh, Holy Spirit, come. We say, oh, God, I want all the benefits of the Holy Spirit. And there's some truth. To, but the first thing the Holy Spirit's going to do is going to show us just that how much we can't make it on our own. The Holy Spirit's going to remind us that we can't make it on our own. But he's also going to then remind us that we can be saved by Jesus. He's going to remind us that we can be saved by Jesus. What happened with this guy is he did not die. They did not leave him there. They brought in a helicopter. They had climbers coming from the top and climbers coming from the bottom, and, and they got him there. And now imagine as you, you know, if, if that's you hanging on the cliff, right? You're hanging on the cliff there, and then this guy comes along and says, trust me, just let go. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be like, I can't let go. I, I, I know I can't stay, but I don't want to let go. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen when I let go. What if you can't catch me? What if you can't bring me to where I need to go? And, 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 and so part of what the Holy Spirit does is he convicts us that we can't stay in our sin. We can't stay on our own. But he also teaches us and convicts us that Jesus will catch us. That when we let go, we don't fall down the cliff and, and into the rocks below and die. But when we let go and, and fall into the arms of Jesus, he will hold on to us and he will rescue us. Jesus talked about this in John 3 when he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking to a guy by the name of Nicodemus in this conversation, one of the religious leaders. And Nicodemus is, is kind of saying, I'm walking the path pretty well. I'm on my own. I can do this, all right? I know what God wants, and I am walking on this road, and I can handle all of it. And Jesus says, no, Nicodemus, you're dead, and you need to be born again. He says, Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit, unless the Spirit helps you let go. In a sense, 
what, what we look at is that the Spirit almost has to pry our fingers, as it were, away. Because we, we are so prone to say, I know I can't stay here, and I know I hate, and, and it's broken, and it's wrong. But we need the Holy Spirit to, to pry away our fingers so that we can say, God, okay, I'll give my life to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is active in all of that, of convicting us. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. And so that's really the first work of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit comes along and he convicts us. That he, he takes out that white hot spotlight. And, and he shows us our sin. And he shows us our weakness. And, and like I say, that's absolutely essential. And, and, and sometimes the hardest work the Holy Spirit does. Because I'm really good at thinking I'm in control. I'm really good at thinking I can make it on my own. And, and, and so when the Holy Spirit comes, Jesus says he will convict the world and me about sin and righteousness and judgment. And he's going to show me that I am dead. And that is a gift. All right, so that's the first thing the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit convicts. And, and again, if you think of the guide, the guide is going to kind of say, all right, I got I to gotta let you know, you got to trust me. You've got to listen to what I say. You've got to know you can't do it your own. And, 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 and so the guide, the Holy Spirit is going, look, dude, this is your life without Jesus. And, 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 and you need him. So that's the first thing. Second thing the Holy Spirit then does as our guide is, is he directs us, okay? He, he helps us to know where to go. Again, th- this is pre- maybe the one we think about most easily, all right? If you have a guide, they're going to say, hey, let's go this place, and then we'll go this place, and then we'll go this place, and then we'll go this place. But that's kind of what the Holy Spirit does in a number of different ways. That the Holy Spirit is going to bring us where God wants us to go. The Holy Spirit is going to guide us. He's going to direct us to the places where God wants us to go. John 16, verse 13. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Okay? The Holy Spirit will guide you into all the truth. He's going to, he's going to and, and he primarily does this, at least I believe, and, and, and many in the church believe, he primarily does this by guiding us back to Scripture by guiding us back to to what the Bible says and opening our eyes to it. But I do think occasionally the Holy Spirit does nudge us outside of that and and, and guide us outside of that into various places. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, But John 15 verse 25 says this, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Helper, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and again, this is important, and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Okay, the Holy Spirit is going to remind us of what Jesus said. The Holy Spirit is going to direct us to God's word. The Holy Spirit is going to open up our eyes to see what this word says. That's why if you've paid attention, you probably are all smart enough to have recognized this, but when Daniel and I end that congregational prayer, we always pray for each other. And we pray for all of us that we can hear what the Spirit is saying because it's the Spirit who opens up our ears to hear God's Word. So the Spirit directs us, okay? And there are a number of ways the Holy Spirit directs us. And I want you to, again, think about all of these things because sometimes what the Holy Spirit does is our guide is He warns us, okay? He warns us. He says, don't go there. There are Scripture commandments that are saying, don't do this, don't commit adultery, don't lie, don't steal. The Ten Commandments, all of these different things. You know, and, and it's just warning signs. And so, you know, I mean, again, if you're in places, this one says, you know, danger, sheer, unstable bluff, stay back. And, and, and a guide would say, you know, you can't go there. If you stand on the edge, eventually it's going to go over, and you're going to go, it's going to fall down, and you're going to go off. <clears throat> it's what a good guy does. There are some places you say, don't go there. It's filled with rattlesnakes. And, and the Holy Spirit does that in our lives, often through Scripture, but sometimes in other ways. I, I liked this one. Parents, please watch your kids. Children are swift. 
Wolves are quicker. Um, you know, I, <laughs> right? You know, just be careful. And, and, and that word of warning, and I, and I think about, you know, it, it's, it's a gift. And, and, and when we sometimes look at commandments in Scripture, it can kind of feel like, ah, those things, you know, just God's just trying to keep us from the fun stuff. And you would feel the same way about a guide, right, if you're in Yosemite, and the guide is going, don't go over there. Yeah, but it looks like it'd be really cool. Yeah, but you won't survive. Yeah, but it'd be really cool. Yeah, for about three seconds. But th- I mean, that's the way sin is, right? It's really cool <laughs> for a little while. And then it all falls apart. And, and so the Holy Spirit comes and, and warns us. Matthew 2 talks about one of those times when, when, when it was a nudge. The Holy Spirit actually working in the Magi. Jesus was born and these three wise men came from the east. And then Matthew 2 verse 12 says this, And having been warned in a dream, and I would suggest that's the Holy Spirit doing that, not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And, and so sometimes we just have that sense, that leading from the Holy Spirit. And again, I believe the Holy Spirit is active today and can do that through God's word. Or sometimes just another saying, you know, I don't think <clears throat> this is where God wants us to go. And so there's that sense of, of warning. Second thing that, that the Holy Spirit does is it helps us see more of Jesus. We talked about this last week, that the Holy Spirit in, 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 in directing us wants to bring us to the places where we can see Jesus, where we fall in love again with Jesus, where we are enthralled by Jesus. <clears throat> again, if I'm in Yosemite and I've got a guide, I want him to take me to this spot. I want him to bring me to this spot where I can just see the view, where I can understand what Yosemite is like. That's what the guide, it's part of what that person is there for, right? That guide is there to bring me to these places so I can see the beauty of the park. And the Holy Spirit does that in your walk. That there are going to be times when the Holy Spirit opens up scriptures, where the Holy Spirit will teach you things, where the Holy Spirit will bring you places. And all the Holy Spirit wants you to do is just say, oh, Jesus is awesome. The Father is amazing. And, and he wants to show you these kind of views. He wants to show you this kind of stuff. The passage we mentioned last week, John 16, 14. He will glorify me, Jesus says, right? Because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All right, the Holy Spirit is going to point us to Jesus and, and help us see more of Jesus, all right? So he, he's telling us, you know, don't go here. Come on over here. Make sure you see this view. Open up your eyes. Look at this. Look at who Jesus is. See how gorgeous he is. See how beautiful he is, that he is fairest Lord Jesus, as we were singing earlier. He, he helps us and directs us to where God wants us to go. Uh, uh, in in uh, Acts 16.6. I don't have the text on the screen, but you can look it up. But this is a place where the Apostle Paul was wanting to go one direction. He was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go tell people about Jesus, and, and I'm going to go to Moline, and then I'm going to go to Dor, and, 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 and it's like, this. no, 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 no. The Holy Spirit said, don't, don't go to this place. Don't go to, to that place. You ought to go to this place. And, and they were kept by the Holy Spirit from going into a certain area. Interesting thing to think about about that. I, one of the, again, I tend to be very much word-oriented, but, but the Spirit and, and the way God sends messages and so on, I, I thought about that this week. Um, here's my one story of, uh, we were down in Cuba uh, probably 12 years ago, and uh, the first day we got down there, they said, uh, you know, you can walk in this city, Hague uh, uh, Grande, you can walk through the city wherever you want, it's okay, just kind of stay close. So three of us were there, and we walked down one place, and we went down and decided, okay, we can do a square, we'll take another left here. And there were a couple of people there, and they said, 
are you from the church? We said, yeah. And they said, well, you don't go back this way. Go, go back the way you came. Don't, don't go down this street. And the next day, um, there were some people who had been, some tourists who had been robbed down that way. And we came back and, and actually had somebody say, did you have this kind of an experience? Because that was God speaking to you. God had sent through the spirit angels to talk and to tell you not to go. And I was like, dude, that's a little outside of my comfort zone, but God is God. He can do what he wants. Thankfully, he knows I can't handle that very often. But, but I mean, sometimes, I mean, the Holy Spirit is still alive today. Sometimes he's saying, this is where God wants you to go. Sometimes it's warning. Sometimes it's just guiding us. And he, and he helps us see what the Bible is saying. Again, I think more than anything else, that's what the Holy Spirit does. So the Holy Spirit convicts and, and, and just makes us know that we can't make this climb on our own. We cannot do what God wants us to do on our own. He, he, he reminds us and brings us to Jesus. He, he directs us. And then the third thing is the Holy Spirit gives us power. All right? The Holy Spirit empowers us. And, and, and again, it, it, here's a, a picture. I think this one is actually Mount Everest um, there in the distance. And you see this person down here. And, and, and it would be one thing if, if that were me. Um, that person would just say, go home. But, uh, you know, I mean, it would be one thing to have a guide who would say, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to go here and here and here and here and here. I don't care how good the guy could give me directions. I'm not getting to the top without power. I'm not getting to the top without help from somebody or something else. That's the way it is with trying to make it through life. The, the Mount Everest God calls you to climb in your life is enough that it will not, you will not make it on your own. And so the Holy Spirit not only says where to go, not only directs us, but the Holy Spirit empowers us. Acts 1 verse 8 says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The disciples, you know, I mean, again, you think about it. There's, there, there's 11 of them at this point. Um, they haven't yet replaced Judas. There are 11 of them there. And Jesus is saying, you know what, you're going to turn the world upside down. And they're going, dude, we can't do that. And they couldn't. But that's why he says when the Holy Spirit comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, you will have power. You will have power to do what you cannot do on your own. You will have power to do what, what you can't do on, uh, with, with your own power. And, and that's what the Holy Spirit comes to do for us. John 16, verse 7. But I tell you the truth. It is, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. All right? And, and so the, the Holy Spirit empowers us. First, to live and to love like Jesus. Okay? The Holy Spirit empowers us to live and to love like Jesus. Galatians 5, the Apostle Paul says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. You know what? That's who I want to be. That's who God calls me to be. That's who I was created to be. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. But you know what? That's like Mount Everest because that's not me. And, and I can try all I want to try to make myself be more loving and more joyful and more patient and more peaceful and, and to have more self-control, but I cannot do it. The only one who can is, is God himself, and he does it through the person of the Holy Spirit. And one of the main jobs of the Holy Spirit is, is to shape me and to change my character and to make me new. And, and that's why I want to just challenge you when you think about saying, you know, is, is this a spirit-filled person? Because sometimes in our, in our 
circles in, in, in this area or whatever will say, oh, that person is spirit-filled. Why? Well, because she raises her hand during worship or because, because they speak in tongues or whatever it is. And I want to say, you want to know if they're spirit-filled? Are they growing in love? Are they exhibiting patience? Don't tell me how spirit-filled you are if you are not growing in love because this is the first fruit of the spirit. This is where it begins. Okay, those other things can be wonderful and nice and good. I'm not speaking against them at all. But, but, but to live and to love like Jesus is the first fruit of the Spirit. That's what the Spirit wants more than anything else, to keep going when we are weak. Again, there are just times when we need help. I, I think of, you know, this poor guy. <laughs> he, he's just out of it. And, and um, you know, that would be me about 10 feet into the foothills. But, you know, I mean... <laughs> Sometimes we're just tired and the Holy Spirit needs to come and just pick us up, all right? And, and, and just help us and lift us. And, and the wonderful news is that the Holy Spirit is there. For some of you this morning, you might be just like, I am at the end of my rope. I am so tired. I am so tired in my marriage. I'm so tired with my kids. I'm so tired dealing with my parents. I'm so tired with this friend. I'm so tired. The Holy Spirit comes along and nurtures us and helps us keep going when we are weak, reaching down, pushing up, doing all of those things. To live into love like Jesus, to keep going when we are weak, to make a difference in this world. The Holy Spirit is there and he gives us spiritual gifts. We talk about those sometimes. Spiritual gifts so that we can make a difference in this world. And I saw this picture and I thought, you know, what's cool is that the Holy Spirit's not the only one. But the Holy Spirit helps us and then he also enables us and empowers us to help others. We become part of that chain as the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives. The Holy Spirit empowers us to to, to reach out and and to lift up others so that they too can experience God's grace. The Apostle Paul, again, and this is from The Message uh, by Eugene Peterson, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 and 8 says this, Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. And if you belong to Jesus Christ, he has given you at least one spiritual gift that you can be part of that chain. And it is so cool to know that God works through us, that the Holy Spirit empowers us to make a difference in this world. And, and then one other empowering, and that is empowering to worship. Again, I think we need to recognize worship is not a natural activity. I cannot, on my own, really lift up my heart to God, but it's the Holy Spirit. Again, we pray for services here regularly, and what we pray is, Holy Spirit, come and, and, and bring us into the presence of God in, in ways that we can express our, our praise, that we can express our worship. Now, sometimes, and this is where the Bible says, sometimes God gives us gifts like speaking in tongues. And I know some people who have that gift. I, I've never had that. I've never done that. I've, I've tried, but it never has worked. So that's okay. I, I don't feel like I'm any less of a Christian. It doesn't bother me at all. But, but you know what? I think we need to recognize that in some ways, something like that, and again, speaking in tongues is one. If you have friends who've done that or family members who've done that, it can so easily, they can feel like, well, they're here and the Spirit, and you're down here. You know, that's, that's sort of a sub-gift sub of the Holy Spirit. Good, great for those of you who have it, but it's not like one of the most important ones. It's, it's not one of the, it's, it's, the, it's part of a sub-gift of God teaching us to worship and the Holy Spirit enabling us to worship. Most often, it's just what people have talked to me about is that their prayer language. And so, 
just to, to worship, to lift up our hearts to God. So the Holy Spirit, you know, is our guide. He convicts us, tells us we can't make it on our own. He tells us what paths that we ought to take. The Holy Spirit is giving us strength, empowering us to do what we cannot do on our own. And then the fourth thing that I want to just mention, and then we'll be done, is that the Holy Spirit comforts and assures us. That the Holy Spirit, and this is maybe where the guide is, is you got to understand, like, the guide is mom, Okay? Because what the guide is going to do is the guide is when we're just, when we fall, when we blow it, when we wonder if we're really going to make it, the Holy Spirit just kind of lifts us onto his lap and just holds us, just like a mom and a, and a little girl here, a little child. And, 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 and to think about that, that the Holy Spirit wants to sometimes just lift us up and hold on to us and to tell us it's going to be okay, to tell us that, that we're going to make it. That's, that's, Jesus is saying, that's what I want the Holy Spirit to do for you. The Apostle Paul talks about this in Romans 8, verses 15 and 16. The Spirit, he says, you receive does not make, your, make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. So that, again, that sense of, 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 of they brings us to Jesus. And by the hymn, we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. That word Abba is one of the close words, one of the intimate words. It's Daddy. By him we cry, Daddy, Father. We climb onto God's lap. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And and, and so part of the reason I need the Holy Spirit in my life is just just sometimes to hold me and to tell me that I'm going to make it and to pick me up when I failed. And to give me that, just wiping away those tears and so on. Later on in that same chapter, Paul says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. I don't think I mind that I share this, but a number of years ago, Pastor George, who was here for 20-some years, and he and I worked together forever. But, but George had a couple of, several, I think three, heart procedures and before, I think it was the second one, he was up in Muskegon. That's where his heart doctor was. And he was going to have this procedure, and I'll never forget this. The night before the procedure, I went up there, and, and, and you know, when you work so closely with somebody, you know, we're pastors to everybody else, but with each other, we're friends. And I said, but George, I need to be a pastor. Can I pray? And he said, you better, because I can't pray right now. That's so interesting to me. He said, here, I'm a professional prayer. And I prayed with 100 people in this situation. But he said, I'm now in the situation and he said, I can't pray. It's not that he doubted. It's not that, he said, I just don't, I'm just, I, I try and it just doesn't come. And he said, I understand now what it means that the Holy Spirit prays for us and the body prays for us. And, and, and to know that when you're at a place where you're just so wiped out that, that you feel like, I don't even know, God, if I can pray, that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes through wordless groans to know that the Holy Spirit is there comforting and assuring us along the way. So those, those four things, again, if you think of it, uh, my, uh, for me it's so helpful when somebody says, you know what, what does the Holy Spirit do? Who is the Holy Spirit? Ultimately, I'm going to say the Holy Spirit is our guide. It's Jesus. It's God himself, the one who's on center stage now, and so on, all those things. But he's like this, this guide who, who, who's along with us, like GPS and power all wrapped in one or something. But the, the Holy Spirit is a person, Jesus himself, inside of us and guiding us, giving us, convicting us, directing us, empowering us, and comforting and assuring us. The fact is, life is tough. Even for those of us in West Michigan, okay? I mean, it, 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 on the one hand, most of us, you know, the problems we have are first, third, you know, first world problems, right? 
But the fact is our hearts break like everybody else's. We may have a lot more stuff than a lot of other people, but life is tough. We still struggle in marriages. We still struggle with jobs. We struggle with meaning. We struggle with significant. Life is tough, friends. Why make the journey alone? The Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about next week about more and more. How do we then live in the Holy Spirit? How do we experience the guidance? How do we keep in step with the Spirit? But friends, I just want to say you don't need to make that journey alone. Let go. Fall into the arms of Jesus and let the Spirit direct, empower, and, and, and just comfort you every step of the way. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this amazing gift of the Holy Spirit. Father, we, some of us are in a place right now where we feel like the journey's going really well, and we thank you for your presence here. But for some of us, Father, we're struggling, and we're not sure where the future hold, what the future holds and where we ought to be going. Father, help us to listen to your Spirit. Help us to know that you go with us. And, and as we seek your will, you, you've promised to be ahead of us and to guide us and to empower us. And, and so, Lord, comfort those who are struggling, challenge and convict those of us who have forgotten how much we need you but in all things direct and empower us to follow Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen. Will you please stand to receive God's parting word of benediction. Again, if you want to talk with somebody after the service, the prayer room is over there on that side of the auditorium. There'll be somebody happy to talk with you and to pray with you. People of God, as we go from this place, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ goes with each and every one of us. And may we know that the Holy Spirit, if we belong to Christ, the Holy Spirit is our guide. Go in God's grace. Amen.